0: turn your bibles to psalm 61 verse 2 and verse 3 come on we're excited for the word of god we're expectant for the word of god i'm gonna read from the amplified version and we'll put it on the screen if you don't have that no problem all right psalm 61 verse 2 from the end of the earth will i cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed and fainting lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Yes, a rock that is too high for me, a rock that I cannot get to on my own. But Jesus, with your help, I can get to a rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter and a refuge for me, a strong tower against the adversary. Come on, that's good News right there. Today's title of the message is Coming Out of Overwhelms. Coming out of Overwhelms. I mean, we feel overwhelmed at times, life can be a lot. I mean, if you have one toddler in your home, chances are before the sun rose up, there was a moment and opportunity to be overwhelmed. I mean, just life happens, the responsibilities, the demands of the workplace, of leading people, of providing for a family of being up against things that you never saw yourself up against. It can be overwhelming, but it's important that we don't stay and we don't get lost in the great abyss of being overwhelmed, right? But that we learn to come out of being overwhelmed. Lord, I just pray right now for every person here. I thank you, Father God, that in your presence you are pumping life and you are pumping hope into our veins. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity that we have to come to gather together, to lift up the name of Jesus. Let us never take it for granted to gather together. And God, I pray for the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God to be in this place. I thank you in your presence, you're lifting off every heavy burden and everything that has, that is overwhelming our soul. Let us find comfort in everything that is overwhelming us, Lord, you have overcome. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Well, the question, is it over yet? are we there yet, is not just reserved for the children in the backseat on a road trip. Like, I want to ask that question sometimes, right? I do ask that question. As a grown adult, is it over yet? I think whether it is your question of 2020 or just a question that you have on a long journey that you have been on that you're just ready to end, that you're ready for something to end, we ask, is it over yet? This last July, um, Paul and I had the opportunity to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for the very first time. And we like hiking. It's amazing. Like, we go to rest, but we sign ourselves up for all these long hikes. And so anyways, so we go on this hike, and the hike that we decided to go on near the end of the trip was 16 miles long, 16 miles to a place called Lake Solitude, 16 miles, that's a lot of strenuous strenuous activity to like experience rest, like solitude. Doesn't solitude like mean like rest, get alone? You must really want to get alone to hike 16 miles. So anyways, that is not like a Google shot. Like that is from my iPhone. It was beautiful. And spoiler alert, show the next, uh, we made it, we were alive. And the, the the we were like at peace. I mean, that, the, the, the atmosphere, the um, scenery was so peaceful. Thank God our conversations were peaceful as well. 16 mile hike, that's a lot, lot of opportunities for conversations to go south. But praise God, our marriage was stronger and better than ever after that team activity. But it took us, I don't know if it was good or bad time, but it took us six and a half hours to hike that in our house, like, that's equivalent to a night's sleep, like, we would be, if you were sleeping in our house, like, we would be hiking the whole time you were asleep, or, like, um, a movie, like, you sit in a movie, like, you could watch a movie for three hours, and we would just be done, uh, or you could watch three movies, and we would just be done with our hike, I mean, like, that is a long, a long hike, right, And every person that would come in, every person that was coming down, especially as we were getting closer to the end, it feels like as we were getting closer, it felt like it was getting harder. We'd get these mile markers that said like 1.5 miles, but I feel like those um, National Forest people who planted those mile markers were like lying to us because 1.5 miles on a terrain, rocky terrain, felt like 10.5 miles. And so as people were coming down the mountain, I was just desperate for their details Of of how much longer do we have? I mean, based on your pace, my pace, like not miles, tell me like how many minutes can you translate? Can you be as specific as possible? Because their details were like giving me hope. I was like, is this place of rest, this promised land, is it worth it? Is it over yet? And like I said, maybe that's your question of 2020 or maybe it's just a question that you have had about a long battle that you are ready to be done with and a journey that you have been on for a long time that you're just ready to be done with or at least if it's not gonna be over, you just need some relief in the journey. You know, I, um, I don't like absolutely love reading like I I get jealous of the people who are like oh my gosh I love reading and I can finish it and like two minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, take me to the altar because I'm jealous right now. I wish I could be more like you. I read more because it's good for me, right? Like eating my vegetables. But one thing that I do enjoy and love and appreciate about a book is the fact that a book, no matter what title it is, no matter what it looks like, no matter where I'm reading it, a book has a clear beginning and a clear end, right? when i'm reading the book i can see the punctuation the 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 periods the the commas the status of the sentences you know what's amazing about holding a book is that if i'm in the middle of a chapter and i'm bored and i'm ready to be done with it i can ex- i can count the exact amount of pages till I get to the next mile marker till I get to the next chapter and when I'm holding the book I mean I have a very good idea if I'm holding it I'm reading it like this I know that I have this amount left right that's encouraging. That's a relief. I'm the type of person that does not get sad no matter how good a book is. I am not sad that it's over because I'm thankful that it's done, that I completed it. It's a sigh of relief that I finished something, that I accomplished something. Like that makes me feel so encouraged and hopeful. And too bad the season of life that we are in as a society Too bad the season of life that you are in, too bad that you can't, we can't hold it in our hands like we can the book, right? That we know the beginning and the end, that we can't, when we can, then we could really wrap our minds and our hands and get a vision and know exactly what it's going to take and how much longer till it's over. It can get overwhelming like you're enjoying a journey and you're in the middle of a journey like I was on the hike. It was awesome. But then you start realizing how far you've come and then you start realizing how far you need to go and it's sometimes it's just exhausting imagining how much farther you gotta go. You know what I'm saying? How much more you gotta keep stepping? How much more you gotta keep believing? How much more you gotta keep hoping? How much more you gotta keep forgiving? How much more you gotta keep loving? How much more, how much more vision you need and ideas you need and strategy you need? It can get exhausting thinking about, how much more? And especially when you're tired and you're depleted. Anytime that I imagine my future when I am depleted, I always get tempted to want to throw in the towel too soon, right? To quit too early. And there are so many people who quit on things that they should not quit up on just because they're imagining their future on a depleted, at a depleted state any time we're exhausted and weary it is not good time it is not a good time to make a decision the bible says do not grow weary in well doing do not or do not give up do not give up do not give up when you feel weary weariness we're going to feel weary no matter what you do you're going to feel weary but giving up is a choice moving forward is a choice And so it's normal, right, to want to end something. I mean, we're excited. Yeah, normally we're excited about the beginning. But hey, if there's something in your life that you're looking forward to ending, hey, you're in good company. I have things in my life that, man, you're an exhausting, it's normal. If you're in an exhausted season, if you're in a season full of lots of pressure, if you're in a season that is painful, if you're in a stretching season and an uncomfortable season, Like, normally we're not like, yeah, I get to be in this really uncomfortable, painful season forever. Like, normally that's not us. Like, normally we're looking for a relief. We're looking for an an end to the painful and the uncomfortable things in our life. Or if we're not looking for an end, we're, like I said, looking for a moment to breathe, to find relief. And the reality is, is that we don't know. Like I said, we we don't get to hold the seasons of life in our hand. We don't really um, get to know the the end date. We don't get to know the exact time the the prayer is answered. We don't know when the completion is of whatever it is that we're hoping for. We don't know that date. We don't know the timeline of our lives. We don't know when the promises of God will truly come to pass in our life. But here's where we can have hope. We can have hope that while we are waiting, that God wants to bring us hope, that God wants to bring us relief, that God wants to bring us rest while we are on the journey of waiting because if you if you just stay in the land of thinking how much longer you will give in to the constant feeling of being overwhelmed but you know what helps us come out of overwhelmed is hope hope is so important we have got to get a grasp on hope. We've got to guard hope like our life depends on it because it does. Your life, the fuel that's going to keep you going, that helps you come out of overwhelmed is hope. And not hope that the world brings, that a good speech brings, hope of Christ, hope from Jesus. The source of hope and as the body of Christ, it is imperative that we guard this hope because if we have Christ in our life, our hope-filled life is meant to be a flashlight to those around us who are in darkness, who cannot see a way out of being overwhelmed, who cannot see another solution, who feels like the end is right now and take their, take their life into their own hands and end Prematurely, because they can't see hope. Your hope-filled life is like a flashlight for those around you who are looking for a way out of despair, looking for a way out of hopelessness. David in, six, uh, in Psalm 61, he relates with being overwhelmed. If you have felt overwhelmed at all in your life, you are not alone. It is not a sin to feel overwhelmed. Like I said, life can be a lot. The responsibilities, the demand on our lives and what is required of us and who is asking from us, leading companies, leading churches, leading families. It can be a lot. You're not alone. But we got to come out of it, right? we got to learn to come out of it and not get lost in the great abyss of hopelessness. Psalm 61, he relates. He says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. So he relates, but he also learns how to come out of it. And being overwhelmed, it can make you feel like you're, you're lost in another world sometimes. You can maybe even ask your friends and family members, you're like, where are you? Like being overwhelmed can uh, cause us to disengage ourselves from life and, and not be able to be present in the moment because we're overwhelmed with life's problems and life's circumstances and just the continual outpour of our life. And that's what David says. He says, I'm at this end of the earth. Being overwhelmed here at this end of the earth But I can't stay at this end of the earth. I've got to get to a rock that is higher than I. That is beyond. I got to get there. Take me to the rock that is higher than I. Put that scripture back on the screen, please. Take me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me. I don't know how to get there on my own. I'm overwhelmed just thinking about it. But Lord, lead me to the rock with the help of the Holy Spirit. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Yes, a rock that is too high for me. In other words, I see a place where I'm at, and the place I need to go is a place that is beyond my own ability, that is beyond my own strength, that is beyond my own understanding, that is beyond my own degree, that is beyond my own title and position, Lord. I am strong, but where I need to get, I need your strength from heaven. How many of you have felt that way before? I know I have moment after moment in different seasons. And so David knew that where I am, I can't stay here because it is sinking sand. It's sinking sand and I need to get to a place of hope that is going to bring stability and security in my life. I need to keep my mind. I need to keep my sanity. Lord, help me, lead me to a place of security and stability that's beyond what this world can offer. That's even beyond what my family, than what my spouse, than what my church can offer. Lead me to the rock where you are, God. I love that God allows us he wants to lead us to a higher rock. He is the higher rock. He wants to lead us to a different vantage point. But I love that he's not just there waiting for us to come. That he's actually with us in our valley too. That he was actually, when David was crying out on this end of the earth, that he was with them when he was crying out. And he led us, he led him to where he needed to be. God is with you. He's not just waiting for you on the mountaintop. He's with you in the valley. And he can lead you to the mountaintop. He can lead you out of the waves of feeling overwhelmed. He can give breath in your lungs when you feel like life is choking the air out. He can lead you there. So let me ask you this. What have you been overwhelmed by lately? What's been the source of your stress? What's keeping you grumpy? So many times, you know, things that I can be overwhelmed by, whether it's the future, my current circumstance, it's like they're not the problem, but like I'm just bleeding out on all of them my own stress, and my own overwhelming, and you get up, and everyone's like, watch out, here's Twister, they're coming, like, watch out, like, their attitude, and their overwhelmingness, like, when we're overwhelmed, we're mean, right, when we have not taken control of our stress, we're angry, when we're overwhelmed by where we missed it, this is gonna bring, revelation to you. Sometimes if you don't deal with your overwhelmingness of where you missed it, you don't receive the forgiveness of God. You're overwhelmed by your shame. You're just angry at everybody. And you're so discouraged because you're like, I'm just so angry at everybody. And I'm just so mean. Well, I wonder if it's because you are overwhelmed by the shame and you have not received the forgiveness from God and allow him to love you in your sin and where you missed it. So you can actually extend grace and love that you received instead of the anger that you have about yourself what has you overwhelmed lately what's the reason why you're tossing and turning and you can't go to sleep what are you so overwhelmed by that actually your response to being overwhelmed is like me coming into my house when it's so messy I don't even know where to start so I just don't do anything you know what I mean it's so funny we're like it's so messy I'm not gonna do anything <laughs> like you're just so you're so hopeless about the problem and the mass amounts of being buried by all of this that you just like sit down and do nothing your your response to overwhelming of what's going on in your life that it's so much that you're just lazy and you've just developed man if I, I just don't even care It's just easier just to deny and like and like not even pretend that that mess is right there, you know. Just do whatever you can to not even see it because it's easier to deny it and and run away from it and just not care about it. What's your response to to being overwhelmed with life? What about, what's that thing that maybe your response to to being overwhelmed, what's keeping you not able to sleep and take a rest and take a Sabbath because you're like, man, I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to catch a breath. I'm going to work, 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 work. I'm going to work myself in the grave because that's the only way I can get a break in this place. I'm going to work, work, work. And you feel overwhelmed because you feel the responsibility of your family and your company and this and that and that to where you're just on a hamster wheel and you are just so overwhelmed that you're just working, 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 because you're like, you know what? I can't trust God that he's going to give me a break, so I'm going to Take this break in my own hands, I'm gonna work, 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 work. And lose a whole lot of peace in the process. And possibly your family. What's your response? What's keeping you up at night? What's got you overwhelmed lately? I get it. I've been there. Again, we all have moments where we feel overwhelmed, like David, but we gotta learn to come out of being overwhelmed. You know, and there are healthy stress relievers in life, right? Like, I love a good vacation, good spa day, man, it sure does. The moment of temporary, like, stress relieving, it's great. The healthy stress reliever of working out and and a great hobby and um, a day off and uh, sleep, a good nap. It's amazing how that can relieve stress, right? I'm thankful for that. But you know, all your favorite hobbies and all your favorite things, they're not always available in every season. Hello, this year. They're not always available. The things that we like to go for, that temporary stress relief, and I'm thankful for that. Again, there are healthy stress relievers that we need to tap into that can relieve that stress. But can I tell you that these things are not going to bring relief to the soul that the soul needs, They're not gonna bring relief to the soul that the soul needs. The burdens on the soul take a savior to relieve them. And hello, Merry Christmas, we have a savior. The burdens on your soul, the things that are weighing heavy on your soul, it takes a savior to relieve them. God wants to alleviate pressure in your life. He wants to alleviate stress. Every single day, every single morning, he invites us to experience his refreshing. How do I know that? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will. I will. Every time it says, I will, that's a promise come to me. I will refresh your life. I will be your oasis. I will give you rest for your soul along the journey as you're waiting. I will refuel you. I will replenish you. Whatever the aftermath of the waiting has done to you, I will give it back to you in my presence. I will give it back to you. That is a promise. I am your oasis. How many of you want to experience a heavenly oasis, a heavenly paradise? Yes. And it is possible. Everything that the Bible promises, everything God promises, it's possible. The heavenly oasis in the middle of the stress, in the middle of the overwhelming, in the middle of the unknown, in the middle of things being dragged out and taking too long in your life, God wants to bring relief. He wants to bring rest. And so how do we do that? How do we experience that oasis? What does that look like? How do we get to the rock that is higher than I, like David says? Well, I want to just bring up a few points that I think that will help you, I believe will help you when you feel overwhelmed and you need to come out of it. And like I said, you need to access hope in those moments. How do you access hope? You know hope is a heavenly oasis. When you get your hope back, it's like the world might not, world around you might not have changed, but man, you have changed. You have experienced heaven on earth, heaven's joy, heaven's hope, heaven's peace. So how do we do that? My prayer for you is through these. Not we all don't have maybe the money or the time to go to a counseling session, but I pray over our next few moments together that you feel like you have had counseled and counsel and that I have somehow guided you and giving you tools that when you're by yourself and you open the next letter and you hear the next news and a new situation and problem arises that you feel equipped, not just today, but every day. And so the first one is when we need, how do we come out of overwhelmed? How do we experience heavenly oasis? It's to hitch yourself to a promise. Hitch yourself to a promise. I'm gonna ask Paul to come up here and hold this microphone for me. I got these hooks right here. Yeah, come on, give him a hand. It's hard work to hold this microphone. But we gotta hitch ourselves to a promise. I have not... Climbed a mountain, and I really don't have a desire to do that. I've repelled, I have other adventure things, but I just, it just hasn't been a desire that's grown on the inside of me. But I do know that if I'm gonna rock climb, that if I want to go higher, I've got to put hooks in the mountain yeah. and I got to hitch myself to the hooks. So if a rock climb, Climber wants to go higher on the mountain without falling, without losing his life, he has got to, oops, okay, hook himself, hitch himself to the mountain. He's got to hook himself to something stronger, something greater, something more powerful than his own strength and his own ability. He's got to have some support. If you want to go higher, if you want to go to the mountain that is higher than yourself, if you want to experience the refuge and the shelter of our heavenly father, you have got to hitch yourself to the promises
1: so good. because
0: it is the promises that are going to give you hope yeah. to get you there. If you did not have a promise to hitch yourself to, and you're just hitching yourself to an opinion or an idea That's not strong enough. Like, it's his promises. His promises is the revenue. His promises is the way to experience his shelter, his wings, his comfort, his joy. How do you experience peace? Hit yourself to a promise that he is the prince of peace.
1: Come on. It's good. So good.
0: You know, most of us, I think, in this room live in Oklahoma. So if you live in Oklahoma, surely you have seen, like, our anthem movie, Twister, right? The tornado. And I think about Bill Paxton, and I think about Helen Hunt, how when they knew the F5 was coming, they found a um, shed, and they found a rope, and, and tied it together, and then hitched themselves. Why? Why'd they hitch themselves? Because of the storm and the raging winds, the raging winds of life are going to come. Trials and situations, you will confront some problems. There will be some mountains in your life that you're going to face, but you're going to have to hit yourself to something stronger than what you are facing, which is the promises of God. Come on, And I just want you to hear this. not going anywhere. Why do I want you to hear that? Because I pray that next time you feel overwhelmed, that you don't hear the sound of my voice, kind of scratchy, high and low. You never know what it's going to sound like. You don't want to hear that voice. You want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to hear what it means to be hitched and not go anywhere. Come on, let's get hitched. Hitch forever. Hitch forever. It's amazing how a simple promise can relieve a complex burden. Why? Because it gives you hope. God's promises are meant to alleviate pressure in your life. His will coming to pass in your life, do you know that alleviates stress? Well, how does his will come to pass in your life? By believing his promises by believing his promises, how does that alleviate pressure? Because when I'm reading the promises of God, I realize that the promises of God takes the power of God, right? So when I'm reading the promises of God, I now then redirect my focus. His promises, if I want them to come in and pass, they automatically make me want to look to Jesus because his promises require his power. And that's where it, Belongs the pressure to perform the promises of God on your life. Jesus, God, He can handle that pressure because He's the only one that can bring to pass His promises on your life, when you are waiting on the promises of God, when you're waiting on something to come to pass that God has said will come to pass in your life. You're like, man, I haven't been given a word in a while. I don't know what I want to come to pass. Every single will and promise in the Bible, God wants to come to pass in your life. His promise of provision, his promise of joy, his promise of destiny, his promise of abundant life. Every promise he has in his life, he wants it for you. And every time you wait on the promises of God, you are never waiting on empty promises. You are never wasting your time. You are never waiting in vain. Because Hebrews 10.23 says that he always keeps his promises. And it's faith and patience that allows us to see the promises of God come to pass. Sometimes we have faith without the patience. Sometimes we have patience without the faith. We need both. Check if you got that dynamic duo as you're coming before Christ. You need faith and patience. Psalms 119, 49 through 50. 50, It said, David said, Lord, never forget the promises you've made to me, for they are my hope and confidence. In all my affliction, I find great comfort in your promises. Your promises have kept me alive. They've kept me sane. If you wonder where your mind has gone, you feel a little crazy right now. Get yourself to the promise of God. It's the promises of God that restore your sanity. It's the promise promises of God that restore your hope, your life, your energy. It lifts burdens. God desires to bring relief by answering prayers, by seeing the promises of God come to pass. How, I mean, the, when, when a prayer is answered and a mead is met, wow, what, that's relief, right? when a need is met in your life you're believing for all these needs to be met but then when one need is met and you like there's like light at the end of the tunnel you're like wow great relief god wants to relieve and meet and and bring relief and meet your needs along the way along the journey he continually wants to meet your needs and number 2 is practical but sometimes we just forget it i mean we're doing it right now but we're not even thinking about it but we really do, the way we're going to get out of overwhelmed is remembering to breathe. So many of us, I mean, we heard like, wow, I got the wind knocked out of me. That took my breath away. We got it to way to come out of overwhelm. We got to remember to breathe and not just breathe like we right now, but literally take deep breaths. Think about the breaths. You know that um, medical professionals, they say, hey, breath control is one of the most effective ways to improve your health, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. When somebody's going through a, a panic attack, if you've gone through something like that, what is the main goal? To get you to breathe. To get you to take deep breaths. Doctors say we tend to walk around breathing faster than we should. Anywhere from 14 to 20 breaths per minute is the standard, which is about three times faster than the five or six breaths per minute proven to help you feel your best. So it takes a lot of intentionality to breathe in and breathe out. Can we just do that together? Let's breathe in through our nose, count to five, and then breathe everything out that you just breathed in. Let's just do that. Let's just have a little bit of spiritual, heavenly, godly yoga right now. If you didn't feel your breath, you did not breathe deep enough. Because when I take deep breaths, it's amazing the effect that it has on my mind and my body. Some of us, we feel like we can't breathe Sometimes it feels like the the walls are caving in. Like when my kids are all screaming at the same time, I feel like I have no place to breathe. The walls are caving in. Like it just feels like that, just the screeching noises. And so Psalms 118, sometimes life can make us feel that way. Psalms 118.5, I love this promise. He says, when hard pressed, when the walls are caving in, I cried to the Lord and he brought me into a spacious place. The presence of God takes us out of the suffocating moments of life and leads us to a rock where we can breathe, leads us to a spacious place where we can have a sigh of relief. Some of you need to literally fill your lungs with the breath that God gave you. Doctors said, even if you just do that for a few minutes, like breathe in through your nose, count to five, and then release that breath, it, they actually say that it can decrease your blood pressure by at least 10 points. Just having breath control. So remember to breathe deeply when you feel overwhelmed. Because it matters. And when you breathe deeply, Selah, take a moment and think about how good God is and how he's provided for you in the past and he will continue to provide for you in the future. Because if you're just running around, if you're just hustling, you know, when I'm running or <clears throat> when I used to run, you know, and I was not having good breath control, I could tell because I would get cramps way faster, right? Right? And you don't have good breath control when you're hustling, you're doing like, like you get cramps and it hurts. And so one way that I help get rid of those cramps is I, is I take back back control of my breath. And I'm telling you, if you're just hustling, going around through life, being antsy, all that, and you're getting cramps, cramps of, of pain, cramps, and you're just cramping up with bitterness, cramping up with envy, cramping up with doubt, cramping up with worry, you've got to get your breath control back. And you need to have a say-law moment. Pause the hustle. Everybody has things to do. But you're never too busy for a say-law. You're never too busy for a moment to pause and breathe and think about the goodness of God, and the plans that he has for you. And number three, lastly, I'll ask the band to to come on up because we're not going to practice this point together. And number three is to pursue his presence. Pursue his presence. To go into the presence of God, we have to choose to worship. Worship is not a feeling. Worship is a choice. How many times would you have not have shown up to things you need to show up to, like church or work, if you just did it based on how you feel like it? It'd be so hit or miss. But it's because you choose, because you know that it's good for you. If you want to experience the presence of God, you're going to have to respond in humility and worship. Worship is the vehicle to get us to the rock that is higher than I. When we are in a pit of despair, we need a song to pull us out. You know those songs that you're listening to and you just can't get enough of it? It is pulling you out of something. It is helping you. It is leading you to the rock that is higher than you. A great visual illustration if you want to know immediately, right after service, what worship is does, get on the elevator in the lobby, get in there, push a button, and what happens when you push the button? You go up. You go to the next level. That's what worship does. Worship takes us to the next level. When we hear the term glory to glory to glory, it rides on your worship. It hinges on your worship. Worship is not based Your level of worship should never be based on the amount of where you are on the journey. It should never be based on what has already happened or what you're waiting at. It's not a circumstantial decision. It's not based on the circumstances. It's based on his worthiness. And who he is, and who he is, no matter who you are and what you're going through and what you're walking through and what's ahead, it never changes. His worthiness and the level of his worthiness that he deserves never changes. So therefore, our worship should never change because his worthiness and the reasons to worship him never change. And as I just share this last thing, I believe God spoke to me to share to each of you. I'm going to ask you, ask you to stand to join and stand with me this morning. You know, we're entering into a week where we're kicking off Le Magnificat, which is a credible retelling story of Christmas and specifically focused on Mary. And I think about some of my favorite scriptures. Luke 1.34, when, when the angel appeared to Mary. And he said, you're gonna have a baby boy. And his name's gonna be Jesus, and he's gonna be the Messiah. And she said, how can this be? I am a virgin. What did the angel say? The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That means the weight that you feel, Mary, about carrying your baby And what it's gonna do to you, and what this means for you, all of those, all of the burdens that could possibly overwhelm you because of this, my presence will overshadow what's overwhelming you. And I believe the Holy Spirit is saying that to you today. Whatever is weighing you down, whatever is overwhelming you that's hovering over you, the presence of God, the weight of His glory wants to overshadow you, wants to engulf you, wants to engulf the grief, wants to engulf the doubt, wants to engulf the stress, the anxiety, the worry, his faith, the presence of his hope and his joy and his love wants to overshadow you. And I believe the spirit of God said, I want to have a weight exchange this morning. Not too long ago, I came before, humbly and honestly, before my Heavenly Father, and I said, God, I have a weighty soul, because an overwhelmed soul is a heavy soul. I said, God, I have a heavy soul, and it is not of your presence, it is of worry and of stress, and fears of the unknown. And I came to God, and I said, God, I need a weight exchange, and you know what happened as I began to worship, and as I began to forget about the things around me, the weight of his Glory rested on me. And do you know what happens when the weight of his glory rests upon us? The heaven, the weight of his glory, they're both weights. The weight of the world, the weight of the worry, and the weight of the glory. But the weight of the the weight of worry, what? It causes you to feel defeated. It causes you to feel more stressed, more tight. You can't breathe. But the weight of His glory brings life and brings peace. And it was like the heaviness of the weight of His glory was resting on me. And as that was resting on me, it was like the weight of the world was lifting off of my shoulder. That is called a way exchange church that is called a way exchange friends and as we worship I want us to stir up a spirit of worship in this place I want us to stir up a spirit of worthiness that he is worthy in Jesus name
1: When the people of God would go into the temple and worship, it was like fire on the coals at the altar that would create this aroma, this incense of just beautiful worship. And it would be an aroma that God would say, yes, this is pleasing. This is real worship. It's true worship. And so as we sing this, we're just saying, Lord, have all of us, God, have the truest thoughts the emotions the feelings the parts of our heart that maybe we've held back we're saying lord day and night night and day let incense arise day and night night and day let incense rise day and
0: exchange God where there's been a weight of grief Lord Jesus I pray Lord God that your presence brings relief that your presence brings hope where there's been a weight of of fear father god i pray that in your presence god that your peace that your goodness god that your peace overshadows our fear father god that your your presence takes precedence over everything that is overwhelming our souls father god that is consuming our minds as we worship as we look to you i believe father god that you are lifting off the heaviness Church, it is so important that we deal with the weights and we cast our cares at the feet of Jesus. One major reason is because weights that are undealt with leads to sin, right? The weight of of stress and the weight, it leads us to anger. The weight of shame leads us to more sin. The weights undealt with. It leads leads to strongholds in our life. The weight of stress leading to anxiety. And I believe in the presence of God as you are worshiping that strongholds were unraveling off of your life and unraveling in your mind. And the things that have been all-consuming in your mind the over analyzing and the overthinking I believe the presence of God gave your brain a break like the break you have been needing how many of you sense just the weight exchange in this place I'm gonna ask us to close our eyes and bow our heads and I wanna to speak to those who came this morning who have never given their life to Christ. And you say, you know what, my soul is restless because I don't know where I will spend eternity. After I leave this earth, I do not know where I will go. And I want to give you the opportunity for your soul to experience rest like never before and invite you to a personal relationship with Jesus. If that is you, you've never given your life to Christ or you've been far from God and today you are coming home, can you raise your hand boldly and courageously Thank you for that response and that boldness. As a church, can we just pray this prayer with those who are lifting up their hands? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose from the dead, and I ask you to live in my heart. I surrender my feelings. I surrender my emotions. Take the driver's seat to my life. I joyfully live for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can we celebrate those who are coming home this morning?